Awesome. Thank you. Well, it's good to be here with you guys. Uh, it's great to see all of you. I know that many of you, I know you. Uh, and then there are those of you that I don't. But again, my name's Vinny, and it's such a privilege, such an honor to come and share today. Um, and Matt and I, we've actually, we've been friends almost 13 years, which is crazy. Uh, it, it starts, it just means that you're getting really old. Uh, that's what that means. So I'm staying young, but you're getting old because we've been friends for 13 years. So uh, here's what I want us to do today. I'm, I'm believing that God wants to just share something with us. And I say us because uh, anytime I get the opportunity to speak, I'm always believing that the Lord is going to give something to me as well. And so I think we just get to discover that together. I think we get to journey together. I'm going to try not to talk long. I always say that, and then I always talk long, but I do see the time. So I will be mindful of that. I also tried to drink a bunch of water, so I'd have to go to the bathroom so that I could keep it brief for you. So you're welcome in advance. Um, but it is, it's a special Sunday. It's Palm Sunday. And so um, I want to start with the reading of the word first. Um, I don't know if this is your tradition or not. Typically, when we read the word, we don't always stand. But sometimes I think it's really fun to just mix tradition with today. And so I'm going to invite you, would you stand to your feet? And we're going to read this passage together. Then we're going to pray and we're going to dive in, I think, uh, this weekend. Uh, specifically, and this week that we're getting ready to get into is something worth celebrating. However, it's really important that we don't leave it in the past and that we don't just make it something that we just do as Christ followers, but that we just come back to it and we go, Lord, how can this be new to us? How can this be fresh to us? Because there's a reason that it's in the word, right? There's a reason that you and I are standing here together talking about Jesus, reading this word that was written thousands of years ago, and it's still as relevant to our lives today as it was when it was first written. Amen? So let's read this together. It says it uh, in Mark chapter 11, verse 1. It says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mountain of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we have the opportunity to be here together. Thank you that you are very much alive, that you are alive within us and around us and everywhere. And God, I just pray over the next few moments, God, I pray that we would have open minds, that we would have open hearts. God, that you would help your word come alive to us, God, so that it would not just be here in this moment, but that we would take it with us, that we would walk it out, that we would live it out. God, so speak to us. We are ready. We are willing we are celebrating you. We are celebrating this week as we get ready to approach Holy Week. God, we're believing that you are still doing great things in our world. God, so we give you this time. We give you this space. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. 
So we're going to talk a lot about Palm Sunday today, and we're going to dive into that passage that we just read together. Um, but again, uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, you know, Matt and I, we work together at New Life, and now again, I get to be a part of our Young Life family here in Washington and then also in Alaska. How many of you have been to Alaska? Come on. They got wild moose literally everywhere, just in the city. It's very dangerous. That was free. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but I just want you to know if you see a moose in Alaska, go the other way. Uh, that's it. We're not talking about Alaska for the rest of our time together. That was it. Uh, but I do. I work for Young Life, and uh, in Young Life, uh, if you don't know what that is, is it's a nonprofit organization that is really aimed at reaching kids and introducing teenagers to Jesus. And it's really incredible just to see uh, young people turning to Jesus. Um, and we get to walk with them, you know, and I think it's so valuable. I think it's always important, but I think today, in today's day and age, in the culture, uh, in the age of TikTok and Instagram and all the things, there's so many voices. It's so good to know that God's voice is still coming forward and going forward and reaching kids and kids' lives are being changed. And so I love getting to be a part of that and I love getting to partner with churches. And so for me, it really is just uh, awesome and fun to be here with you all here at Church for All. It's always one of my favorite things. Um, and for those of you who don't know me, I am married. So my wife, her name is Desiree, and we have two kids, and we have one on the way. I think we got a picture for you. Yep, so uh, me and my wife, my son Wilder, my daughter Navy, and then we are expecting another one coming in June. So we are going to have our hands full. We're having another girl. So Pastor Matt, I'm going to need all the tips like all the tips, because you're really good at having girls. So I need all the tips. Uh, even my, my daughter, she just turned three. Navy, she's right there. And we are in big trouble because number one, she's already got me wrapped around her finger. And number two, she's already smarter than I am. So it's just bad. Uh, but we're really excited. I, I'm super pumped uh, that we're having another little one. We feel really grateful uh, for that opportunity to welcome another one. Um, but What's crazy is everybody that I talked to, I was just talking to Gio this morning and he was saying, oh, three's a good number. And I was like, you're saying that because you have three kids, huh? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, of course. And uh, he's like, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. And everybody tells me that. Everybody's like, it's crazy. And I'm like, that's starting to freak me out a little bit because I'm like, hmm, it already feels crazy. So if it feels crazy with two, and you're telling me it gets crazier with three, like I'm in trouble. So would you just raise your hands if you have three or more kids in, in the room, okay? Just nod your head, is it true? Does it just get crazy? Okay, cool, I'm gonna go on a 21 day prayer and fasting for that. But I feel like one of the things that I'm trying to do, because I tend to be um, just not as much of a feeler, but more of a, a thinker. And so I feel like usually my, if my brain gets there first, then my heart can catch up right after that. So I'm just trying to remember, like, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be chaotic. You know, everybody says it's like it's no longer man to man. It's like zone coverage. Right. And so you just I'm just going to like pad the walls of our home and just be like, go, just go do your thing in the room, whatever. But I'm trying to prepare that. And it's so fascinating uh, because anytime that you're having a child or if you're welcoming someone into your home or you're doing something, you have to start making room. You have to start making way for what's getting ready to come, right? Like our third baby's coming and we're not going to wait until that moment to then go out and get all the things that we need. 
Now, I will say it is really funny going from baby one to baby two to baby three. Baby one, it's like that baby's our whole life. Baby two, it's like, welcome to the party. Baby three, it's like, we'll get to you when you get here, okay? <laughs> right? I'm not even lying. Yesterday I got home and uh, again, my wife's really far into the pregnancy and I saw her, her baby bump and I thought, what is that? And I was like, oh yeah, we're having another kid. I forgot. Um, but it is crazy. You start preparing the way. You start thinking through all the little things. One of the things that I like to do, um, again, with baby three, it's just been a little different, is I, I, I used to like to buy like gifts kind of leading up to it. So far, we're, we're getting close to the end. I bought one gift so far, so I'm a little behind. But I do those things to just kind of make space and make room like in my mind and in my heart to realize that what we're about to encounter when that baby comes, when baby girl number two comes, that it's going to change things. It's going to shift things, right? It's beginning to look differently, even for the cars that we drive, right? We have an SUV that has a third row, so I'm like, cool, we got that. Then I've got, like, my Toyota Corolla. Not going to work for all of us anymore, which I'm like, I don't know. Maybe that's a blessing. Maybe I can be like, sorry, babe, I can't. Like, they don't fit in my car. You know, just kidding. Don't tell her I said that. But the truth is, like, right, it, it starts to impact all the things that you do because you have to make room. You have to adjust. You have to start to process what it could be like. But the other funny thing is, is I'm standing here and I'm telling you about how we're preparing and we're processing and we're getting ready for the chaos. And all of you that are sitting out there that have had three kids or more, you know that I don't know what I'm talking about. That I can prepare and I can plan. But the truth is, when the moment comes, it's going to be different even than the way that I thought that there's really nothing I can do. I mean, I can try to kind of make space in my heart, but the truth is, I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know what it's going to feel like. I know I'm going to be exhausted, you know. I know my wife is going to be exhausted. I know we're just going to have to make it a new normal. We're just going to have to adjust. As much as we can prepare, we really don't know what it's going to be like. But the one thing that we do know is that we want to welcome our baby girl into our home. We want to make space. We want to make room so that whatever that looks like, that we're as ready as we possibly can be to enjoy that. And the reason that I share that story is because I feel like it's so connected to Palm Sunday. Some of you know what Palm Sunday is, and Pastor Matt talked about it. He already preached the whole sermon, so I almost just walked out. But um, <laughs> Palm Sunday really is, is Jesus entering into Jerusalem. It's the beginning kind of of the end of his human life here on earth. And it was the beginning of all of the events that were going to change. And it was Jesus coming into Jerusalem, riding on a donkey like we just read, and people celebrating and welcoming him and saying, we're glad you're here. Hosanna, Hosanna. And they were so pumped. But what's also crazy is that just a week later, less than a week later, they were the same people putting him on the cross. And I think you and I, as Christ followers or as people, we have this benefit in 2023 where we kind of know what's coming, right? The people that were living it out, they didn't quite know that in just a few short days, Jesus was going to go from entering Jerusalem to being put on a cross. But we do. We know what happens. And so for me, I'm like, well, let's, let's dive into the story. Let's dive into what's really happening. Let's really see what's here. But I, I want you to think of it from this context, is that in that moment, in that space, when they were welcoming him in, they were trying to make space. They were trying to say, we're excited that you're here. We want to prepare the way for you. In the same way 
the first question I would ask you as we get ready to dive into this and as we get ready to get into Easter week is how can we as Christ followers continue to prepare the way for Jesus the King in our lives and in our hearts? What does that look like? How do we make that space? And so the first verse that I want to go back to is verse 1 uh, through verse 3, and I'll read it here. It says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. Just as you enter it, you're going to find a colt. It's going to be tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord, the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. Now, this is significant for a few reasons. Jesus has been doing different things, and there's kind of been like different miracles happening, but he's kind of kept a little bit of a low-key presence up to this point. He's kind of been sitting on who he really is, and this is that moment where he realizes that he's about to kind of announce to the Jewish world, hey, I'm that Messiah. I'm that guy that you've been waiting for. But from the very beginning, we see that it says that he sent his disciples out to go and find like a baby donkey. In other words, this first moment, what Jesus is doing and what he's letting us know is that Jesus was coming not in the way that they expected. Which is fascinating, right? Because the Jews have been waiting for years and years for this Messiah to show up, for someone to show up and help them and save them. And they're thinking all about just Roman oppression and they're thinking we can't wait to be free. And we've been waiting our whole lives for this guy. And he shows up on a donkey. Like it's a big deal. He's like, I want you to see from the very beginning that when I come, I'm not necessarily coming the way that you thought I would. That it's really going to be different. Again, it goes back to what I said of having another kid and planning and preparing and thinking and having it all in your head. And then the way that life plays out is just different. And so what happens is it says when they brought the colt, uh, or it says they went and found a colt outside the street tied at the doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing? Why are you untying that colt? Why are you taking that donkey? And they answered as Jesus had told them, and the people let them go. And so we see that the story begins to unfold just as Jesus described it. And it says, when they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. And this is that moment where all of a sudden Jesus is riding in a donkey. I kind of wonder what it was like to be there in that space, right? Like everybody's pumped, everybody's excited, but I'm sure some people were like, is he supposed to be on a donkey? Like, what's up with that? Did somebody forget the horse? Can somebody grab one? Is there an extra one around here? No, okay, we're just going to fly with it. Let's go with it. Yeah, right? Like, it's not like they didn't think it was weird, but it was like, they're like, you know what? We've been waiting for Jesus the Messiah to show up. And what happens is they begin to take their palms and they begin to wave them. And the reason that that's significant is because really the palms were something that had been done 150 years before uh, in oppression where the Jews had revolted and were able to have find success and victory. And so in that moment, they're saying, we have victory in Jesus. And they're waving the palms. And so it wasn't just that they had nothing else and they went and grabbed some off the tree. There was significance. It was their way of saying, here comes our victorious king. They were saying, this is the king that we've been waiting for. 
Not only that, but then they take off their cloaks. They take off parts of their clothes and they lay it in the ground and they put it in the ground and they allow him to walk over it. I mean, think about it. Who would you do that for? Like we almost would really never do that for anyone in our day. But in that custom, in that tradition, it was their way of saying, you're royalty, you're coming in and we want to welcome you. We want to receive you. We want to have you come. We're so excited. You're our king. You're the savior. You're the Messiah. You're the one that we've heard about. You're the one that we've been so excited about. And again, going back to him coming on a donkey, you see really what it was is they were thinking that Jesus, the Savior, the King, the Messiah, that he was going to come and he was going to free them from Roman rule. They're looking for a military king. They're excited to experience like temporal freedom. But Jesus comes offering eternal freedom. And they had it so fixated in their mind and it felt so right according to their custom and according to their culture and even according to their need. I mean, there's no doubt that they had suffered at the hands of the Romans in many different ways. And so they were trying to run after justice and going, we want justice and we want this and we want freedom. And they're saying, we just need somebody to free us from Roman rule. And Jesus is saying, I'm that guy, but not in the way that you think. And so they begin again to just wave those palms and to excitedly welcome him. They begin to lay their cloaks in the road. Will you grab me that jacket? They begin to do it. Everybody give it up for Jordan because we all know how that feels. And what they do is they start to just lay everything in the field and they're like, yes, like just walk in it. Right now everybody's like, why do you have a black jacket and a black shirt and you're wearing all black? Like it's weird, bro. I know, we're working on it. But what they do is they all like laid in the road and they just allow this donkey to kind of walk through. And again, I think of it for us here in 2023 and I think about how we're getting ready to celebrate Easter and we know that Jesus is gonna go on the cross and he's gonna die on the cross, but we know that he didn't stay dead, but after three days he was risen to new life and you and I now have access to new life in him. And so here we are today, we get to celebrate that Jesus is risen, that Jesus is coming, that Jesus is welcome. We want to make space. We want to make room. We want to lay our lives down. We want to lay different parts down. And we know that God has called us to lay our lives down and to be open to him and to surrender and to say, God, you are our king. You are our savior. And I think while we may not be outside and there's no uh, physical man coming in on a donkey and we don't have to take off our cloaks, but really what's happening is we, we're still being called to lay things out for him. We're still being called to lay things out so that we can welcome Jesus into our hearts. We can welcome him into our lives, all the areas, all the parts of our lives. And honestly, this is what I love and also what I think is most challenging about following Jesus is that when we begin to follow him and we get to have that new life, it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning, it's not the end. There actually isn't any ending to becoming more like him until we meet him face to face on the other side. And so the best part is, is that we have this offer of new life, but what it means is that the moment we say yes to Jesus, 
We're inviting him into our hearts and into our lives. We're saying, you are the king and savior. Let me make room for you. But think about it. When you make room, it pushes something else out. You only in your human ability have so much capacity that if he's going to come in, something has to come out. And I think in this moment, again, they're just expressing royalty, but I think about what that looks like for us in 2023, that if we go, God, I'm going to take my cloak off, I'm going to take my coat off, and I'm going to lay it down, and I'm going to get that out of the way to make more room for you. And we throw it down, and we're excited on a Sunday. And then what happens is as he starts to come into our lives, we're like, yeah, I threw that down, but maybe don't put a hoof print in the back. You know what I mean? Because that'd be weird. You know? We throw the cloak down, and then he starts coming into our lives. We're like, not the collar. Don't stand on the collar. Like, come on, man. Right? We start getting real picky about what parts of our lives we're willing to release to him, what parts of our lives we're willing to lay down for him to address and to walk on. And we're like, maybe I'll just turn it over so you can step on the inside. Nobody has to see that, you know. Nobody will see that. Go ahead. Do your thing, Jesus. We don't want anybody to know. But I would say what we can see from this story on Palm Sunday is that as these people were welcoming Jesus and making way and calling him King and Savior and Messiah, is that Jesus is asking us to invite him in and to make room for him and to make a way and to lay down our lives and all the areas of our lives for him. But that is the most challenging part about being a Christ follower. You see, and it's twofold, really, the two things of acknowledging who Jesus is in this story is that Jesus is not just Savior, but he's also Lord. He's not just Lord, but he's also Savior. And most of us would easily, as Christ followers, acknowledge one of the two of those. But typically speaking, in our humanity, one of the two of them is also a challenge. Let me explain. Many of us, maybe we come from different lives, or we've made a lot of mistakes, or we've had a lot of brokenness in our lives, and so we know that we need a savior. We look at our lives, we go, it looks so broken, it feels so broken, there's no hiding it, there's no way I can keep that from anyone. And so for us, it's easy to say, Jesus, I need you to be my savior, I need you to save me and rescue me. And he does, he's so faithful and so good to do it. But then he moves not just from the place of being savior, but to Lord, that if he's our king, then that means that we live within his kingdom. That means that he gets to determine the rules and the lifestyle and the ways that we are called to live our lives. And that's the part where we're like, ooh, love being rescued, but don't love being told what to do. I'll just hit you up when I'm, when I'm trapped again. Cool? Right? Then we've got the other side of us that we're like, I know what the right thing is to do, so I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to dot my I's and cross my T's, and I'm going to make sure that I do everything I should. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to pay my tithes. I'm going to serve. I'm going to do all the things. And because I've done so well, I feel really good about it. We don't have the humility to acknowledge that although we have recognized Jesus as our King and as our Lord, we've missed the fact that we too need a Savior. 
And so the truth is to invite Jesus into our heart is to acknowledge both of those roles that he gets to play. That he is inviting us to allow him not just to be our savior, but to also be our king, our Lord. And to reject either one of those is to miss the gospel. It's missing so much goodness. Because again, the truth is, first, we acknowledge our humanity. We acknowledge our sinful ways. We acknowledge that we don't have it all together. And so Jesus comes, and he saves us, and he rescues us, and he's kind, and he's gentle. But he takes it from there so that we don't stay the same, so that we don't look or act or talk or behave the way that we used to, but we're changed in him. Because he shares his kingdom with us. He shares his insight with us. And what's so crazy and amazing about it is when he shares that new way, it's not just by our strength that we're able to follow that or to obey him, right? But it's the gifts of the spirit. It's the fruits of the spirit that help us to get there. It's that he shares his inheritance with us. And so what I want to really think about and what I want to really challenge us with as we're talking about this today is to think through your own life and to think through yourself and to think through what are those areas maybe that the Lord's asking you to lay down to make more room for him? What are the places in your lives? What are the spots that maybe the Lord would invite you to open up and to invite him in so that he can be Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, but also the King and the Lord? What is that thing in your life? Nobody else can answer that for you. Now, here's what's also crazy that I've learned about following Jesus. Learning to ask that question is almost like a trick question because sometimes even we don't know how to answer that about ourselves. What I have found, I feel like I was introduced to Jesus when I was nine years old, just as a kid. I feel like I started to follow him because that's what my family did. And then at 16, you know, I was a teenager, so I started to question everything. I'm like, nah, this can't be right. (laughs) And then at 18, I decided that I wanted to get to know him. One of my youth pastors said, just read the Bible, forget everything you've ever heard, and just take it for what it says and pray that God will show you. And I I remember doing that, sitting in, in, in in my bed and thinking, Lord, if this is real, if this is true, will you start to just show me? And so at 18, I started to get to know him. Then at 21, that's when I decided, okay, I think I want to follow him. And then at 23 is when I committed my life to him forever. For me, it was a process. Everybody's different. Some people have like this instantaneous moment. For me, it wasn't. It took years, y'all. But then at 23, what I found is that it began that journey of the Lord showing me the things that he wanted me to lay down for him to make more room. And what I love about Jesus is that although there's so much work to do in me as a human being, he's so kind. You see, we think, and I think the Jews even thought that Jesus was going to come as like an invader and invade and take over and do that. But instead, he really just extends an invite. He's not an invader. He's an inviter. He's saying, will you let me, will you come with me? And almost yearly, it's almost like as I go on this journey with him, every year, it's like he shows me something new. 
that he's like, this year we're going to work on this. This year we're going to work on laying this down. This year, we're going to make more room for me in this particular area. And I love that. I love that he's patient. I mean, think about it. If you have ever been around little kids, you can't teach them everything in one moment. You have to go with baby steps. You have to give them one thing at a time. And every kid is different too. Some kids can ride a bike and it's super easy. Some kids aren't super coordinated and so they can't. Some kids can throw a ball, some can't. Some kids can spell really easily, some can't. Some kids are good at math, some can't. But the way that we teach kids is we're really patient and we take time, we go just one step at a time and let's not go on to the next thing until we've addressed this. I have found as I follow Jesus that it's very similar that I have to realize that I'm like that little kid that I think I know. I'm like, I'm ready. I'm showing up for school. I'm ready. I'm, I'm saved. Praise God. And he's like, dude, you got a lot to learn. I don't know why, but God is sassy in my head. I don't know why he's like that with me. Maybe, maybe I'm the only one, but I feel like every year he's always navigating that with me. And he's always inviting me to go on that journey. And I think what we can learn from this lesson is that even though the Jews had all these expectations of who Jesus was and what he was going to do, we have to come to him and be willing to say, Lord, or Jesus, will you be the Lord of my life? Not according to the condition of my terms, but according to the condition of my heart. That if I'll open up my heart to you and say, Lord, come into my heart. Show me the things that maybe I haven't seen that need work. Lord, come into the blind spots and the shadow sides of my personality, of the way that I speak, of the way that I act, of the way that I talk, of the way that I interact with others around me. Lord, show me. I've also found that, that I think God designed things in such a way that life will often expose those things good things and bad things, right? It's like almost like if you get a lot more money, you just have more power to be the person that you already are, right? It doesn't necessarily always change you. It can just sometimes bring it out a little more. Some of you know, because I shared it last time, but I had an incredible amount of health issues. I mean, Pastor Matt, you could speak to this because you guys have just walked through this in the past month, but it brings out, it shows you different things when you go through life. When you get married, then it brings out other things that you didn't even know were there, You're like, whoops. Then you have a kid and it shows you other things, not just about yourself, but also about your past. It also shows you things about your parents and the way they did things, right? And so there's this constant unraveling that we get to do in life. But the truth is we're not called to do it alone. We're called to invite Jesus into that space saying, I'm going to lay this down. I'm going to lay down who I am and welcome you into my life as king and savior. Lord, I'm going to lay down my marriage to you and allow you to walk over it and show me the new things that maybe I've never noticed or seen before. I'm going to lay down my parenthood and show you so you can show me the things that I've never seen before. Lord, I'm going to lay down my finances so you can show me the things that maybe I don't know and that I've never seen before. Lord, I'm going to lay down my business and the way that I run things so that you can show me and and teach me the things that maybe I haven't seen or that I've missed before. To me, I think it's so exciting that the Lord desires to be that involved in every area of our lives. 
that Jesus cares about all those things because he cares about you and he cares about the way that you are formed and that you are made new in him. To me, that's good news. I love this verse, how it kind of finishes this passage. In verse nine, it says, those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna. They're singing praise and adoration to Jesus. They say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father, David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. They're like, Jesus, you are the man. You're it. You're him. But we know that just a few days later, they changed their tune. So again, we have to see what God is saying first in this scripture, and then we also get to put ourselves into it. So here we are today. It's Sunday. We're celebrating Palm Sunday. We now know that the Lord is asking us to welcome him in. And we get to sit here with a bunch of other people, and it feels really good in here. We get to agree, and we're like, Hosanna, yeah, God, you're it. But what, what happens tomorrow? And what happens the day after that? And what about Wednesday? And what about Thursday? And what about next week? And what about a month from now? And what about a year from now? What about five years from now? Will we still be singing the same tune? Will we still be saying the same thing? Or will we go back on our words just like we see that they did? I don't know about you, but my heart's desire is that I would follow Jesus forever. That we would play the long game that we'd realize what we're doing, what we're building is not just for today. It's not even just for ourselves, but it's for our children's children. That we're investing right now in this moment in a time when we won't even be here. To me, I want to yell out Hosanna, not just with my voice, but with my whole life. And I want to go, God, you are the risen King. You are the Lord. You are the Savior. I want to invite you into every part of my life. I want to invite you into the spaces that no one sees. I want to invite you into the things that life hasn't yet unraveled for me. I want to invite you in to be with me, to teach me, to show me, to make me into the person that you've called me to be. But it all starts with me acknowledging that, God, I have to make space for you because, Jesus, you are so kind. You are a gentleman. You aren't going to force yourself into my heart. You're just going to invite me. And so today, as we celebrate Palm Sunday and as we think about Jesus's arrival into Jerusalem, we would think about Jesus's arrival into our hearts, that we would welcome him in, that we would create space, that we would think through the things that maybe we have not allowed him to touch. It's not going to be easy. You might get a big old hoof print on your back. You might. <laughs> it might be hard. It might take years. It might be a process but it's a beautiful process. It's a process that we're called to together in community and also individually with the Lord. And so what I want us to do today as we get ready to finish is I want us to read verse 10 together. Would you stand uh, to your feet or verse nine and 10? And I want us to do something. I know it's gonna be kind of funny and if it's too funny, then Pastor Matt, just don't invite me back. But I want us to read this and I want us to be excited 
right? Like we go to sports games and you do all the things and you yell and you're pumped, but think about it. Like what if we really took this to heart? Like he really was saying that he was going to save us and he was going to do things that we can't even imagine. And he was not just going to save us, but he was going to save our families and our kids and our friends. And he was going to transform our lives and he was going to transform every part of us. We would say it not just for ourselves, but we wouldn't be able to hold it in. We would want to tell everybody about this because it's the best news that you're ever going to hear. And we're pumped and I'm sweaty. And I do, I think I love the way the Lord created us. Cause I think like he wants our spirit to feel something. And I think it can resonate with our spirit, but he gave us a body on purpose. I think there's something beautiful when your body and your spirit come together, that when you feel excited in your heart, not momentary excite, excitement, but truly in your heart that you express it with your body, that you're like pumped, right? I don't know. Is this the thing? Do we do this? I don't know. And so I want us to read this verse, but I want you to read it like you're excited. And if you read it faster, we don't have to do like the monotone thing where we read it all together. You just read it for you. It's not about me. It's not about anybody else. It's about you saying, Lord, I'm excited about this. And just as they welcomed you into Jerusalem, I want to welcome you into my heart, but I'm going to stand on this word. I'm not going to change my mind in five days. I'm not going to change my mind in a year, but I'm going to hold fast to this. God, you can keep coming. You can keep inviting me to invite you in. Lord, I want to invite you into the space of my heart and my life forever. Some of you are like, dude, shut up and let us read it. All right. Let's read it together. But you got to be excited. If you're not excited, we're going to start over. I'm going real teacher on it right here. Plus, they turned the lights down. Now I can't see you. So I got no shame at this point. Let's read it together. Read it. I mean, almost. So here's what we're going to do. I want like some of you to decide that you're just going to like holler or whistle or be like, yeah. Okay. Like half of you decide that. And then half of you are going to read it. And we're just going to celebrate it because the King is coming into our hearts. Guys, we get to be free. Eternal freedom is at hand for you and me. That's good news. Are you guys ready to do it again? All right, let's get ready. Go ahead. Read it again. Come on. There you go, come on. There you go, it sounds like a party. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Come on. Yes, God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are our King, that you are our Lord, that you are our Savior. God, we celebrate you today. We celebrate that you are alive and you are alive in us and you desire to resurrect every part of our dead bones, God. You desire to bring light to the places of darkness. You desire to bring us to life where we have died. And so, God, we just are committing our hearts. We're committing our lives to you. We're thanking you for who you are and for what you're going to do. God, we thank you for this time that we get to celebrate you on this Palm Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, one more time. Let's make some noise for Jesus.